Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Texas 24 podcast on the Dave Campbell's Podcast Network. I am your host, Matthew Bruni, and with me once again is Ishmael Johnson. Ish, how are you doing on this Sunday afternoon in March Madness? My God. Um, yeah, I, I don't know. Um, there you go. <laughs> I think we need, I think we need, a, I think we need a, a, an apology to a lot of the Texas fans because we kind of pushed a lot of that ACU hype on the last episode when we were saying, you know, put, putting out all the numbers, putting out the scenario that has to happen for it to be a close game and, yeah. you know, really, really hyping up this team. And I guess it just manifested into until when let's just get into it and there's no reason to not uh you know to, yeah to yeah abilene christian, abilene christian shocks texas 53 to 52 in just a game that abilene christian dominated with their defense just swarmed texas into 22 turnovers abilene christian dominated the glass i mean i don't have the offensive number offensive rebound numbers in front of me they are staggering um and from that point on texas just looked a step behind the entire time physically they were outmatched which is something that i wasn't expecting going into this um there's a lot of different avenues we can approach this with but mm-hmm. i want to give all the credit to abilene christian um while we did praise them last podcast and we've praised them this entire uh with the three four episodes that we've done yeah uh i still didn't expect them to win like i still just thought texas is this is the year texas breaks through but abilene christian said no yeah. yeah, this is it. Uh, by the way, uh, offensive rebound uh, divide was eighteen to five in ACU's favor. It is. It was nuts. Um, so you had eighteen to five. You had a thirty-six thirty-one uh, overall rebounding advantage. So Texas really did. Uh, they beat them on the defensive glass. But those second chance points. And let's let's. Uh, I want to get a little bit more specific here because yeah, it was ACU's defense, right? But ACU just got out and ran a lot more and it wasn't exactly like, cause they didn't shoot well themselves, right? I believe they only shot 29%, right? It was not a great, a great, great day, but they put up, let me see, 27 more shots than text. Like that is unheard of. Yeah. And so when you have a team like Texas, they shot 45% from the field. And so you're like, Oh, okay. That's, that's good. Right. That's how you win a game. You hold an opponent to 29% and you shoot 45. The problem is they took almost 30 more shots than they, than they did. They just got out and ran the, uh, in the first half, I remember being stunned at just how, and you, you texted me this just because their depth, they were able to just keep fresh and like they were hands were everywhere. They were hard hedging. They were cutting off screens. Uh, they were able to switch everything like and because of their depth, they were able to keep that up for the entire game. And so mm-hmm. even when Texas started to get buckets right down the stretch, you saw guys like Coleman getting into the lane a lot more, saw them collapsing the defense, saw them kicking out to on the what probably would have been the game winner to Andrew Jones. He, Coleman collapsed the defense, kicked it out. Those moments were like they should be wearing ACU down. ACU was still really able to keep things going and yeah. then push things on the other end of the floor. Yeah, and – that's the thing is a lot of times Abilene Christian is not a slow team. They're like one fifteenth in the country around there and Ken Palm's uh, tempo rating. And so they were optimist opportunistic time after time and pushing mm-hmm. the ball in the open court. And I, I, like you said, they didn't make a lot of shots, but yeah. they took a ton of shots and that was the difference. They only shot three of 18 from three. Yeah. Like, and Abilene Christian, I, we were waiting for like that one big three, just to drop for Abilene Christian to really 
really key pressure on Texas and they couldn't get that to fall. And so it felt like the door was open for Texas and we were waiting for that run from Matt Coleman, any of the guards, mm-hmm. Courtney Ramey, any of the guards. Had Courtney Ramey did not. Again. He was, he again. And he played a little too much. I mean, they took him out towards the end because he got a uh, cut on his mouth, I think. Yeah. But he played for as little as he did. He played all way too much, in my opinion. I think 36 minutes with yeah. Courtney Ramey. And remember, after the they won the Big 12 championship against uh, Oklahoma State, I believe that's the game he scored three points as well. And we were like, oh, it doesn't matter because they got other guys that can step up. Right. And at some point, Courtney Ramey has to step up. Like, he can't just keep waiting for Matt Coleman and Andrew Jones to bail him out because Matt Coleman. I mean, he went four of 10, only nine points. But like you like you said, the Abilene Christian defense just didn't make anything easy. And it, I have one kind of point that I've always thought about with Abilene Christian. I've seen it done to North Texas. I've seen it done to a lot of mid-major schools that have this mm-hmm. really frenetic defense, Texas State even to an extent, um, this really active defense. If you're Texas, to, at some point, you kind of just have to isolate because the passing doesn't work. 100%. 100%. Uh, that's how North Texas lost to Louisiana Tech. Um, and during the regular season, is Louisiana Tech just said, All right, we're done passing the ball because North, North Texas just scrambles just like Abilene Christian. Not exactly, but you get the point. Yeah. At some point, man, isolate Matt Coleman, isolate Kai Jones, like something here. But they kept trying to work the ball, work the ball, and try to get a clean look, and it just never happened. And the activity of Abilene Christian just deflected everything. And it was. It looked like hell for Texas. and Oh, it did. Every bucket looked painful. <laughs> Every bucket they got looked painful. Every possession looked just tiring. Um, the th- yeah, when you mentioned isolation, like that, like you said, that's how you beat these teams. When these teams like Texas State, like Abilene Christian, like uh, North Texas, that they're okay with switching. Like they're okay with ball screens. Like they'll switch, they'll hard hedge, they'll jump out on screens to slow. Like don't sw- – like is what they want you to do right mm-hmm. because they're so versatile um and and we saw that with joe pleasant right pleasant was willing to get up you know top of the key to you know get out on a ball screen and it's like i get that's how you know some of you get some of these rim runners like kai jones and, and jericho sims going right you got to get them you know some opportunity to to get going and you're trying to get matt coleman maybe in a mismatch but it's like they're okay with that like there's no mm-hmm. There was no unique, there's no like authentic mismatch, right? In this offense, they're willing to switch everything. They don't care if Joe Pleasant has to go guard Matt Coleman yeah. and they don't care. And, and even if they don't want to, they'll hedge you and give Reggie Miller a chance to get back on defense. And so, yeah, they were just trying to run the same things. Um, I thought, and this is credit to, to ACU's bigs inside, but there was no, I was waiting for the moment to text for Texas to go really big and they yeah. didn't. Like uh, Greg Brown, I think only played six minutes. Didn't play at all. Like I was waiting, I was waiting for that Brown James lineup, right? Where it's like we need boards, we need physicality, we need some length on defense, and we need to out just you know just overwhelm these guys with size. Because like towards the end, uh, Brock Cunningham was on Reggie Miller a couple times, and he like of course Brock Cunningham can stay with Reggie Miller, yeah. um, and like. What, there were a couple times where like he drove to the basket and brought Cunningham blocked him like twice. And it's like, that's like, yes, use that length, right? Like play, like use brought Cunningham at the two and then maybe Ray, or then uh, of course Coleman and then run your three bigs and then like try to get something going that way. Because yeah. it's not like they were worried about ACU scoring. Yeah. Right. You just need, like, <laughs> or shooting. Like, so you don't need, I don't know. You didn't need uh, all those guys playing those minutes. Like the starters played, like I'm reading off uh, the starting minute. 31, 30. 
736. Like they didn't need to play that much, right? They didn't, you should be more competent guys like Greg Brown or uh, or even, even Brock Cunningham to an extent, right? If you want to run a really offensive lineup and then put Cunningham out there for some defense, mm-hmm. do that. Cause like, you don't, you don't need guys, uh, a strong defensive lineup um, that much with this team against ACU, but credit to ACU. Because they, I think it was, let me see, I'm looking at it right now, 23 points off turnovers, 23 forced turnovers. Um, yeah, it, and then there, there were a couple shots that towards the second half that ECU made that just like, did oh, you yeah. mean for that to go in? Like, oh, no. <laughs> there were so many shots. It's just like, he, you know, he kind of threw it up, got fouled, threw it up behind his back and like banked in or something. And it was just like, that's just, I mean, one, that's what happens when you just put up a bunch of shots. Like yes. some of them, some of those ridiculous ones are going to fall down. Um but yeah, good God. What it was a fun game. I mean, it was a sloppy game, but it was a fun game because ACU's defense was just so energetic. They were, they were exact. I hope people who listen to this show know, uh, were not surprised to see it because this is what we've been saying that they were, this is their bread and butter, literally. Yeah. Um, but I hope they were just like really entertained because yes. this is just such an energetic team. I can't wait to see how this team matches up against uh, UCLA, right? They yep. have next. Yep. I can't wait to see how this team matches up against them um yeah no i don't know it was a it was a it was a fun game it 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 was incredible um i was stunned i thought when jones hit that shot it was over um i thought it wasn't right the narrative right andrew jones hitting the shot right it's like oh there's the narrative there's the guy that texas needed to step up and to be honest i kind of wanted him to have that moment obviously because of of his story and all that stuff so it would have been perfect and then of course joe play and it's like of course, this game ends on like free throws, right? Joe <laughs> like, Pleasant free throws, nonetheless. Joe Pleasant, the one of the worst free throw shooters on the team, just hitting clutch free throws. Of course, had end like that. Like, yep. And uh, I was saying, worst. I mean, I said on Twitter, I said, this is exactly what Abilene Christian did to Texas Tech, and this is what they did to the entire Southland Conference, time after time after time. And mm-hmm. anybody who watched them kind of knew that they were capable of this. Again, I'm not taking credit because i didn't pick them to win we thought it'd be we thought it'd maybe be competitive but we didn't think they would win right we thought eventually texas's talent would just play one out yes yes i mean who i mean you know probably 98 percent of the country picked texas to win it's hard to pick a 14 over three straight up um despite what we know about abilene christian just because texas talent and so we have to get into texas disappointment a little bit is that yeah this is a devastating loss i really think so for a texas program for a texas fan base for a team with this much experience this much talent i mean to lose this after it felt like this was the this was the run shaka smart past what he's been there for seven eight years somewhere like that yeah ever since he got there this is what the team he envisioned the building was and this was the run that they were going to make here and perfect blend of athleticism and talent and experience yeah and for it to fizzle out and not just fizzle out for that door to get slammed on them like this in the first round after winning the big 12 championship it's not like they came in on a losing streak they come in winning the big 12 championship and to get that door slammed on them like this is staggering and i know a lot of texas fans and uh they are not happy they were not happy and uh, i don't think I could say anything more about that. They were it's it's crazy. it's and they got like the good draw, right? They avoided Gonzaga, they avoided Baylor, they avoided Illinois and Houston. Obviously, Illinois lost, but you get what I'm saying. They avoided yeah. uh, you know, the toughest team was gonna be Michigan, Alabama. I think they could have matched up pretty well against Alabama if they would have advanced to the Elite Eight or to the Sweet 16. Yeah. Um, 
but like yeah it's like they had a decent draw to get out of that to make a you know if they if they got hot to make a final four push at least the elite eight and to fall like this some people started to at the beginning at the at, last year the question for me was Okay, this is the t- going into when I was when I was constructing the magazine at the end of like when the season got canceled and I was looking ahead to the team Texas was bringing back. I said, okay, this is the shock of smart like formula, right? Especially when Greg Brown committed, it was like, okay, this is this next year's the year, right? If it's going to be a year, it's going to be next year. And for the most part, we were right until last night. The thing. At the beginning of this year, and especially when they won the Big 12 tournament, I said there's no way they move on from him, right? Because he wanted he won the tournament. He, you know, he beat Tech, which is a huge win for them. You know, say what you want about what happened against Kansas and the way they got there, but the point is they beat Tech and they beat Oklahoma State. I can't guarantee now that they don't decide to move on mm-hmm. because he has no tournament wins. Um, I believe he's only made the tournament three times in his it's uh six years. Mm-hmm. Lost in the first round of all of them. Granted, two of those were unlucky losses. Like, right, he's a full court heave against Northern Iowa, I think. So, yeah. like, terrible unlucky. But regardless. And also, you look at next year's team. What are they bringing back? Mm-hmm. They don't have that marquee 21 class. You know, we can debate of whether Greg Brown should leave. He'll probably leave for yes. the draft, um, or whether he's ready. I think all players should leave, but you know, yeah. I think I don't think he's ready to leave. But you know, yeah. get what I'm saying. So what's what's team look like next year? What's the recruiting? You know, what d- does he have? Like some late steals in the recruiting laws? I don't think so. I think all the big guys are cemented, especially in the state. And I was looking, the thing The thing that I was really looking at was like, well, two things. One, who do they hire? Two, what's his, his buyout's a lot. Yes. I was looking at his buyout. It's actually not a lot in comparison. Okay. So do you know his buyout? I'm, I'm curious. Do you know his buyout? Uh, seven million? Seven. Okay. So it's roughly seven, yeah, it's 7.1 million. Okay, yeah. I'm going to rattle off some buyouts of some programs that aren't, major programs about the level texas wants to be at uh oregon dana altman 18 million rick barnes at tennessee 16 million Mm -hmm. chris beard of course he you know had the finals run 15 million matt painter at purdue 13 million fred hoiberg at nebraska's 22 million that is not now here's some of the here's some of the uh, buyouts around the same level Tom Crean at Georgia. Georgia can get rid of Tom Crean if they wanted to. Yes. Um, Bobby Hurley at Arizona State. They can get rid of that. Yeah. Mick Cronin at UCLA. Bruce Pearl at Auburn. That's more, Bob. He's making. He has yeah. eight million. But all those buyouts. If you're a t- if you're a program that wants to be a big program, you can make that work, right? Yes, and it is Texas. Like, and it is 100%. That's the other money. thing. That's right. That's the other thing that I, yeah, because the thing that got Tom Hurt, obviously the, you know, the school song, all that stuff didn't help. Yeah. But the thing that got Tom Herman fired was a bunch of boosters also saying, hey, we're willing to pay this buyout. 
It, it depends if there's basketball boosters that go to that I go to um, uh, Del Conte and say, "Hey, we're willing to shell this out," and the that that is available this year that wasn't available as much last year are good candidates, <laughs> good mm-hmm. coaching candidates. That was my thing last year. Was I don't know who Texas hires over Shaka Smart. Yeah. Now some good coaches out there that probably would like to get that Texas paycheck. So I'm not saying it's going to happen. I'm not saying I've heard things. I'm saying that this was literally the one thing that had to happen for this conversation to start back up. He had to go out in the first round in an embarrassing way after building all this momentum. And now I'm just saying that the conversation should not be, it should not be a done conversation that his job is safe. Yeah. And it should, I would not be shocked. Yeah, it shouldn't be that it's too expensive to buy them out. I think you laid that out perfectly. Um, I don't have too much follow-up on that because I definitely think six years at Texas is a long time um, for a guy who hasn't won a tournament game. So, yeah, and this is not going to sit well. Like, the immediate reaction from Texas fans tells me all I need to know. Like, if my friends are telling me this, then I know that 67-year-old boosters are thinking the same exact way, except they have more power. I'll tell you one thing. The best thing to happen to Shock Smart and Texas is they're lucky Rick Barnes has not made an Elite Eight with Tennessee. <laughs> because he's – I mean, that program is not exactly bad, but they're they're go, they're leaving they're the good. tournament in very Rick Barnes fashion, like yeah. <laughs> for a second-round exit. He's lucky yeah. that they lost him. That yeah, they at, least lost te- yeah, at least Tennessee lost in the first Yeah, round. it would have been a lot worse if Rick Barnes would have won. Lord have mercy. All right, <laughs> yeah. man. All right, let's, let's go – let's move on to the next um, – Crazy game of the first round. Yeah. North Texas upsets Purdue 78-69 in overtime. Um, I'm still here in Indianapolis. I will be covering the North Texas game tonight. or mm-hmm. Yeah, Sunday night at 745 Central Time. And, man, this game was incredible. <laughs> just I, I, just a quick story. We, we get to Come the on. Lucas Oil Stadium, and I, I wasn't expecting that many people to be there. I knew that it was going to be, you know, people there but and i knew purdue is the only school in indiana Mm -hmm. in the tournament and so we get there and man there is a sea of purdue people a sea of them outside the stadium and i'm like okay (laughs) it's a home game (laughs) so it's an actual road game like i thought it would just be kind of like you know a road-ish game where you know they have a lot of fans there but it wouldn't be like a road road game no this was a road game and it makes the win even that much more (laughs) impressive because it would if there were ten thousand people there. Let's say nine thousand of them were for Purdue. Like it was, Oof. it was, and when when Travion Williams threw down that dunk late in the game, <sighs> it was loud. Yeah. Oh that was, my god. I honestly thought that was the game. Yeah, I honestly thought did. it was like there. There goes the momentum. There goes you know Travion Williams is getting going because uh, I do want to start on that Go because ahead. I thought you know my thing was I thought the size obviously would would. Um, would give North Texas problems. And I thought that even if they were to contain the side, I thought that Jaden Ivey and those guys would be able to take over enough. Now Jaden Ivey did He's play great. Yeah, he was incredible. But I didn't expect Trevion Williams to be basically a non-factor until like the last five minutes. Mm-hmm. Like uh, uh, Zachary that, Simmons was on him, right? Yeah, that, that's yeah, the one area where we deferred. And that's where I thought North Texas had a chance because I, after seeing – North Texas has some bigs, Charles Bassey and uh, yeah. Isaiah Crawford. They, they have bigs in, in uh, Conference USA. And for Travion Williams not to be able to stretch the floor and not mm-hmm. to be a shot blocker, 
like Charles Bassey can do. Yeah. Like then I was like, okay, I think Zach can hold him down a little bit. And, and he, that he was the one area where I was like, job. that's that's where North Texas will have a little bit of an advantage. But go continue. Sorry. Yeah, no, no, he did a fantastic job until, like I said, those last like five because he sat in like I want to say he was like one for six or something like that for like a long stretch of the game until those last uh, five minutes when he just kind of decided to, yeah, you know, get all the rebounds and just decide to try to do his own. But um, man, JV on Hamlet's that dude, right? Like <laughs> just like he's always been in the tournament. Uh, what we were kind of hoping to see last year when they, you know, when they, when they, when they should have made the tournament as well. Um, golly, the shots he made down the stretch. Like I, I loved that ESPN used the synergy stats for his floater. I don't know if you saw that since you were at the game. They used, uh, they brought out synergy stats because he, he's the number one floater shooter in the in the nation. He shoots yeah. the most floaters and he has the best percentage of floaters. And I love that they busted that out because, of course, that's his game, right? He just gets yeah. in just that little little floater up the top and it's always money. Um, so, yeah, they had it up. It was like first first in floater attempts, first in floater percentage. I was like, that. thank Incredible. you for busting out the, the synergy Incredible. stats. Um, but, man, he's – dude, he, every time Jaden Ivey made a big shot, I was like, oh, here we go right and jv on hamlet just took it down he's like all right bet and like just like yep. went right back at it it was so much fun i'm glad he got that moment because again we've known about him conference usa is known about him the state of texas is known about him this is a dude that's just a baller and yep. is the heart and soul of that team and yeah no he deserved that shine that moment because um golly i don't know like i was impressed with how they really made Zach Eady a non-factor. Like he was not a factor in that game. Couldn't play him. They couldn't, couldn't play him. They, they could not, they couldn't play him. They just flat out couldn't play him. And you can't play a seven, four big against an undersized team. Okay. But let's, you know, that, that yeah. plays in text that plays in North Texas favor. Yeah. Edie had 12 minutes in the first half because Williams picked up two fouls. Mm-hmm. And so then he, in the second half, he only played three minutes. And yeah. then I really think they could have played him more, but I, they, really wanted to roll with Travion Williams at that point. They were like, you know what, man, we're just going to roll with you. You only played eight minutes first half. They played him 22 minutes in the rest of the game and over time. Um, North Texas led for 40 minutes of the game mm-hmm. um, right from the jump. They basically held like a six, seven point lead consistently, consistently, consistently um, went up to went into half up 32 to 24. Second half, Purdue makes their run um, late. North Texas still led for majority of the second half uh, before they go on that run. I knew Jaden Ivey was going to be the dude just from watching a few games. Mm-hmm. Just knew he was capable of that. Yeah. And, but North Texas just, whenever North Texas gets in the lead, and I wrote this for the preview for the Villanova game, if North Texas gets in an early lead like they did for Western Kentucky and Purdue, they're able to dictate the tempo really, really well. And it's hard to come back on that on a team that plays that type of defense and that type of offense. So, yeah. um, Javion Hamlet just, getting to his spots. I feel like he had a really favorable matchup against whatever guard Purdue threw at him. And North Texas is not afraid to isolate. They are not afraid to just clear out. And sometimes they'll bring a screen. Sometimes they'll bring just a real quick slip from the big, mm. just to show. Um, but JV on Hamlet was able to get to his spots. He had that little mid post game as well. That really mm. he was comfortable in. And then the other guards hit their threes, right? Marjorie's McBride went four, six from three, um, James Reese only went one of four, but still he is a threat. And then 
JJ Murray hit a three big three in the first half. Thomas Bell hit a three in overtime that really started. Was it Bell that had that block on Williams? Yes. Oh my yes. god! And then Hamlet hit the layup on the other end, that I, crazy I, layup on the other end. I don't understand how Conference USA. I had Thomas Bell on my second team All Conference. He didn't yeah. make a single All Conference team. I had him on my All Defense team All Conference. He didn't have him on the All Defense team. Um, <sighs> he is the most underrated player on this team by far, mm-hmm. and he played forty two minutes, like. He is just – he's an incredible player. Thomas Bell is an incredible player. Like, yeah. you can't say enough about it. Zachary Simmons didn't play very well. He played 28 minutes, but mm-hmm. obviously going against Williams, he played fine defensively, like you said. Yeah. I thought he was very good on that end. Offensively, mm-hmm. only one of four. But, um, man, uh, I was – like you said, that moment Williams dunked it. The crowd goes crazy. Um, I Everyone's like, oh, my gosh, like, it's over. Like, we're nervous, all this stuff. Yeah. I had, and I genuinely, I'm not just saying this because they won. I'm, I was genuinely in the moment. I was like, I don't think it's over. I don't think, like, I think North Texas is still in the driver's seat. Mm-hmm. A, I, Williams had to make a free throw, and he missed that free throw to tie the game. So North right. Texas was always in the lead. Um, but B, North Texas turned the ball over, which led to those points for Purdue. And I was mm-hmm. saying, if North Texas just doesn't turn the ball over, Purdue's not scoring. Right. Like, Purdue is not scoring this basketball. And so what do they do? North Texas Stops turning over and Javion Hamlet just goes down and scores pretty much. And that put them back in the driver's seat. And the defense, like I said, is really, really good. And we've seen it with Loyola Chicago now against Illinois. We've seen it with Abilene Christian. We've seen it with um, North Texas. We've seen it with a lot of different teams around the country, mid-majors, that just get after you and how uncomfortable it makes you. Because I don't want to say – major conferences can be cook- cookie cutter in a lot of ways, but sometimes mm-hmm. you play similar defenses time of time. Maybe like play right. drop coverages on, on pick and rolls, you know, different stuff, but um, it's just a different animal uh, when you play a team that, that has that type of intensity on defense. And mm-hmm. um, it was, it was incredible. I could, uh, I, I wasn't surprised because as soon as it went to overtime, I kind of was like, this is what this team is built for. And the defense prevents momentum from getting out of hand and that's a really big thing mm-hmm. is the def kind of like evelyn christian to an extent how they kind of just kind of squelled those texas runs a couple times uh the north texas defense just stops those those momentum swings like unless they just turn the ball over right. five straight times or something if it's just one or two turnovers then they can just stop it but um mm-hmm. yeah just incredible win uh they shot 43% from three, which is what they have to do to win games. Uh, only eight turnovers to 14 assists. Whew. Just an yeah. amazing game, a historic moment. The first postseason win for North Texas in their history. So congratulations yeah. to those guys. I think, uh, yeah, it was clear to me that, like, Grandma Caslin told Zachary Simmons, like, I don't care about the offensive end, right? It's like you in particular, about number 50, and as it. Right, like that's that the that is your assignment, and I don't care if you get a buck or if you get a bucket, cool. If you don't, cool. Like as long as fifty does not have a good game, and again, he's fifteen, but th- that was a lot of like putbacks at the end, a lot of mm-hmm. hustle plays towards the end. Like for most of that game, he was held in check, and he was frustrated. Um, yeah, and they had like you mentioned, they had they were forced to play Edie probably more than they wanted to. He was too slow in some defensive uh, moments, and he couldn't get couldn't uh, really get to him where he left his man. And Lord Texas had a layup, and yeah, no, I, I definitely credit Zachary Sims with a lot of frustrations in the paint because he did a phenomenal job defensively. Yeah. Um, 
I think that was, I'm glad you mentioned that about Thomas Bell as well, because he made a couple defensive plays, but that, that block obviously is one that stands out to me. Yep. Um, yeah, man, just, it was, it was wild. Cause like, yeah, there were so many moments where it should have been right. Quote unquote should have been the, the moment for Purdue to take over. Um, but yeah, nothing phased him. Nothing phased JV on Hamlet. Nothing phased this team. They got back to what they did and it was like, okay, buckle up. Let's get another stop. Right. Yep. Or, okay, let's match this shot. Let's match that shot. And it showed in the conference USA where, you know, they might've let something slip. Like we mentioned in the, in the championship game against Western Kentucky, they let the game slip, let Western Kentucky come back in. Okay. doesn't matter. So they're not, they're not phased by that. And yeah, no, it, it was a, it was a great matchup. And a, uh, a terrible call for my big tens, the best uh, conference in the, in the nation. Uh, Cause now Illinois lost, Ohio state's lost, Purdue's yeah. lost. I'm watching Baylor, Wisconsin. Baylor's probably looks a lot better than them. Um, yeah, and now we get Villanova in North Texas, and Villanova. This is not a Villanova Villanova team. It's I not. like this matchup a lot. See, um, so you like this matchup for North Texas? I'm I scared for do. North Texas now. See, really? now we're flipped. Okay, I'm scared now. This is this is this is different. Robinson Earl for them at the five mm. is very different from Travion Williams. That's fair. That's my big concern because ideally, I'd like Thomas Bell on him. But they're gonna mm-hmm. play start Zachary Simmons, and Zachary Simmons against him is a concern for me. So that's yeah. and Villanova shoots the ball a little bit better than Purdue. Purdue, can't oh for shoot. sure, for sure. So that's yeah. those are my two concerns here. Um, I still think North Texas offensively can do things mm-hmm. to 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 put Villanova in tough positions, but guarding Villanova is going to be a little scary. Even though they don't have Colin Gillespie, which will play North Texas favor, mm-hmm. Villanova scares me with their offensive versatility a little bit that's more than Purdue did. No, that's fair. That's hundred percent fair. Um, I mean, Villanova, they also don't turn the ball over. Yeah. Um, even though it's not, a, again, it's not a national title contending Villanova. It's still that J Wright system is so fluid and, you know, they're going to play their stretch bigs. They're going to jack up threes in transition. You know, they're going to try to basically North Texas is going to have to find a ways to really make things half court because mm-hmm. Villanova is going to be willing to jack a three on a, on a two V one or three V one. Right. So it's going to be a lot of, if North Texas gets caught on the back foot, you know, Villanova, be able to you know they're gonna thrive basically um yeah but i don't know i i I do i I don't say i like the matchup better but i am interested because it's not a villanova villanova team right they're not not overpowering like they have this is a good not great villanova team yes i like that that's a good way to say it all right but that will be um tonight man we'll see how that goes all right just to skim through the other ones baylor was up eight last i checked but it's a commercial right now um, but they breezed by Hartford, obviously, uh, 11 of 33 from three, forced 24 turnovers. Wisconsin, they looked great in the first half. We're recording this during the second half. So um, if they don't win this one, then you can blame us. But uh, they look like they'll, <laughs> they'll win this one and pull it out and then advance to the Sweet 16 against the winner of Villanova and North Texas. Um, a Baylor, North Texas game. Um, I'm not sure it would be particularly close, but it would be a lot of fun mm. uh, just for the storyline of Texas versus Texas. Scott Drew versus... 34 to 30. <laughs> yeah, Scott Drew versus uh, Grant McCaslin. That's a lot of fun as well. So we'll see how that goes. Yeah. Uh, Texas Southern, got to give a congratulations to them for getting that win over Mount St. Mary's. Mm-hmm. Uh, they were down at half by 10 or by eight, rather. Then they come back, start the second half on a 10-0 run and really played well behind Walker and their defense, only allowing 20 points in that second half. So uh, yeah. shout out to Texas Southern there. Um, and they kept it close close with Michigan too, not for nothing. Yeah. 82 to 60 ticks, six, they were – 
within you know 15 for majority of the game. So uh, shout out to Texas Southern. Um, Houston mopped up Cleveland State. Uh, they were the one, probably one of the only two seeds that didn't struggle at all. Uh, 87 to 56, 16. Now I'm excited that, that that region's is a little, a little more clear now. But they'll had only gone. Houston mm-hmm. Final Four looks a lot more fun. Yep. Yep. 16 offensive rebounds. They out rebounded them by 14. Defense was just suffocating. They got Rutgers on Sunday night. Um, I am very interested in that game. Uh, I do think Houston gets by them, though. They look like they're defensively ready, ready to go. Right. Even if they don't shoot the ball well, they're and they're like we've said before, they're a team that doesn't need to shoot the ball really, really well. That's just icing on the cake. So, yep. Uh, Texas Tech outlasted Utah State 65-53, trailed at halftime, out-rebounded. Uh, Utah State out-rebounded them like we kind of predicted. Utah State's size would be a little bit of a problem. Mm-hmm. Um, but Texas Tech only had eight turnovers and forced 22. And that's that was an impressive one. I picked, I picked Utah. I mean, I'll, I'll say it. I picked Utah State just because I thought that rebounding would give them that edge. Um, but I mean, golly, Texas Tech was just fantastic. Um, no real superstars, right? Like it was Mac McClung, but uh, like I kind of wanted, Kyler Edwards was probably their second best player at times, yeah. um, which is again what we said needed to happen. Uh, PV gave him some good minutes off the bench as well. Um, but yeah, I, I loved that they didn't let that rebound discrepancy get to them because we said like that's going to be the game right there um and it was actually like it wasn't the offensive boards that much they had three more it wasn't that much more mm-hmm. but yeah. um just the total discrepancy was went in utah state's favor but it, it really didn't matter yeah and they play arkansas tonight probably in my opinion <sighs> the best round of 32 game you can man that is, that is a clash of styles yeah clash of styles man up tempo versus man. uh half core defense and yeah that's gonna be fun yep um and that's all we have on the men's side. The women's tournament just started, but we no Texas teams have finished their games or I don't even Baylor's, know. I think Baylor started 10 minutes. Uh, yeah. This is a 310 we're recording. So Baylor kicked yeah. off theirs. So we'll have a well, Tuesday morning or Tuesday sometime during the day. We'll have a women's recap for those first games. Yep, for sure. So that's all we have for y'all today. Uh, we're going to have a podcast up probably what Tuesday or Wednesday uh, recapping yeah. the round of 32 on the men's side in the first two round, first two days of the women's. Uh, maybe have Justin back on to yeah. talk a little bit as well. But yeah, we want to get a couple of quick podcasts out to y'all and talk about this crazy uh, first couple of days of March Madness. So had to, man, had to. Yep. So if you enjoyed it, leave us a five-star rating and review on Apple Podcasts. Subscribe there as well um follow all of our content on uh texasbasketball.com uh, subscribe uh or i'm sorry follow us on twitter at dct basketball follow ish at ishmael r johnson and follow me at matthew bruni underscore and yeah we'll talk to y'all later